in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And uh, Twitter's a blur. Social media is a blur because not because of a football game that happened Saturday. And we're going to we're going to talk all about that. Uh, but basically, the guy that I think everybody on Texas Tech Universe thought was going to be the head coach and Jeff Trailer has signed a massive extension to stay at UTSA. And sure, Texas Tech could beat the per year salary that he's getting at UTSA. I don't think that's too much of an issue. I think to me, the biggest issue is a $7.5 million buyout. Uh, and it's also his way of saying no to all potential suitors. Uh, so first things first, let's start out talking about that. So I got my right-hand man, Dylan Smythe, with me. Dylan, give me your first impression of that. Well, just when you thought that uh, Texas Tech's efforts going into halftime on Saturday was the worst thing you'd see this weekend, Sunday strikes. Um, yeah, I, I, Jeff Trailer was my number one, number one choice, and, and that contract, to me, means he's off the table. Well, so we also got Jeremy Gillen on the pod. What, Jeremy, what is your reaction to Trailer signing that extension? Uh, good grief, man. I, I don't, uh, 10 years. That's a long time, uh, for, to be at UTSA. And I understand that like, you know, coming to UTSA, he's how many years there now? Not it's only that a second many. year. It's yeah, only a second not year. that many. Yeah. And so you, you think like, okay, for a coach like this, who's having this much success, the longer you stay at that level, like the longer you stay at UTSA, really it can only get worse. Um, because you know you're gonna be out, you're gonna be out recruiting wise, of course. Like it, you, you're not gonna create like this power program that's gonna go and compete at UTSA. Like there is a ceiling at a certain point, and so while he's got the hot hand of having this tremendous season, and all eyes are on him, signing that really long extension uh, may have been, in my opinion, for a head coach who's looking to like go to the next level, uh, not a good, not a good choice. I do appreciate the loyalty. Like, I think that's awesome. He definitely has made it clear, like, hey, I love being here. Uh, there's a reason I want to be at this program. So great for UTSA fans. Uh, but for his dreams, I think as his 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 trajectory goes, it, it might have been a little bit of a handicap. I mean, I think that's a great uh, insight. Because also, I also think of, I would be wary of, like, the Seth Luttrell thing, right? Seth Luttrell, three years ago, was one of the hottest group of five coaches out there. Everybody wanted him, including... Us, we talked about Seth Luttrell for the Texas Tech job. He was a candidate for that. It seemed like he had the Kansas State job in hand, and he decided to go against it because they weren't willing to pony up the assistant coaching salary, which that's, that's all fine and dandy, and that's great for him. But now three years later, he's about a month away from getting fired right, at, at North Texas. So I, I agree with you, Jeremy, in the fact that this is all great. We love the loyalty. I mean, especially as a fan base that we've already – we've just gotten absolutely clipped from the basketball program for a guy that wasn't loyal – um, love the loyalty, but it's also at the same time, you see your second year there, it's a long contract and it's a long time for also them to be dissatisfied. So yeah, it's definitely questionable, but it does. I mean, it essentially takes them off the table, in my opinion, for every school, except for Texas Texas A&M or as far as in the state, right? Like no, TCU, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, TCU just, and Gary Patterson just parted ways. They're not paying a $7.5 million buyout either. You know what I mean? So it's, it's. It's very interesting that he was willing to do such a thing um, or to sign that contract. But again, he basically not just said no to Texas Tech. He said no to all potential suitors outside of really maybe 10 to 15 programs in the entire country. 
So the other news that I kind of led to, Gary Patterson out as the head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, the worst kept secret was that this was likely to be Gary Patterson's last year. And it seemed like TCU uh, admin came to him and was like, hey, man, can you coach out the rest of the year? Bro, we're going to fire you. And he said, no, screw y'all. I am leaving now. So that puts another wrinkle in the Texas Tech's coaching search because let's face it, we're going to be going after the same guys. Um, what do you think about this, Dylan? Gary Patterson out as the head coach of the TCU Horn. Well, first of all, they they said they were gonna give him, let him coach till the end of the year, and then transition him into a like office role. Uh, so that seemed like if you're Gary Patterson and you know you wanted to continue coaching, and they offer you that, and they know that you want to continue like coaching, whether it be anywhere at TCU or some other school, that's a slap in the face. So. Uh, I, Good for Gary Patterson for just saying, uh, no, I'm good. See ya. They Mac Brown yeah. him. They tried yeah. to they tried to Mac Brown. Yeah, him. and and yeah, he 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 didn't want any part of that. And uh yeah, it, it is a bummer though, because I don't know if you mentioned it, but their top candidate is Sonny Dykes. And uh that seems to be our top candidate as of right now, too. Um Sonny Dykes has every reason to come to to to, to tech. He has every reason to go to TCU. He has every reason to stay at SMU. Like, I think he has a lot of options here, and he doesn't have any wrong answers. There's a lot of emotional ties to Texas Tech, obviously, with his dad. But even if you take away the fact that his dad was a legendary coach here, I mean, he grew up in West Texas, grew up, went to high school in Lubbock, graduated from Texas Tech, was on the baseball team, funny enough, graduated, but graduated from Texas Tech, coached at Texas Tech as a football coach. Um, he's wet, loves, you know, he loves West Texas. That being said, he loves Dallas. Absolutely loves Dallas, has had success at SMU, has had a great time at SMU. And then, at the same time, he could have that same fun, that same, and wouldn't really have to move if he transitioned to TCU. So, like, there's there's no wrong answer here for Sir Sonny Dunn. Yeah, I mean, there's opinion. a world where he, he could take the TCU job and his family doesn't have to move, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a promotion without doing anything. So I, I think anything he chooses is right. If he stays at SMU, it makes sense. Goes to TCU makes sense. Goes to Texas Tech makes sense. But now there's that added wrinkle. And from everything that I've heard, one of the reasons they wanted to make this move now was so we could go after Sonny Dykes, knowing that Texas Tech has wanted to go after him. Jeremy, what do you think about uh, Gary Patterson being out? Hey, man, what an interesting choice. Like that, I understand that right now they're having a not good season. But what has Gary Patterson? what Gary Patterson has done for TCU since he got there in 2005 is tremendous. There's a reason they built a statue for him on campus. And for me, first of all, never build a statue of a coach that is currently coaching. Like mm. <laughs> for, for, yeah. this is the exact reason why you don't do that. Um, but I mean, remember him coming from the mountain West conference and bringing uh, actually from actually started back in. No, I TCU's bounced around a couple of conferences but have moved up like he has taken them um, from comp conference titles, conference titles, conference titles, all these bowl game wins over big teams. Um, and then getting to this point where they're in the Big 12. I mean, back in 2014, they were tied for first. Like he's had really good seasons um, and he's had average seasons. But I feel like for TCU to fire Gary Patterson is, is interesting to me. Um, it's no surprise that they would want Sunny Dykes because in their backyard, there's a program that in, probably in their mind has less resources and is doing a lot better. Uh, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting scenario, and we were talking about it earlier today. Kind of crappy for Tech because now Tech becomes the number two job uh, for in, in, available in the Big 12 
and like instead of like oh this is the job you can get it's like oh you can have this or tcu and it starts to stack up not in our I'm favor curious because we were about, we were thinking about having this discussion but jeremy just gave us his answer he thinks tcu is the better job than texas tech <laughs> I don't. Right. You just said but that. But that's my <laughs> bias. No, because I tried to. Def- I was like, well, "You think that t- we were talking earlier, people?" Oh, so no. Let, let's like, talk. Uh, well, let's talk about this. Go so, Jeremy, do, do you think the Texas the TCU is a better program, or, or a better, better job? Program? A better job. Or a better, at this better job. Better job at this moment. Yeah. <sighs> at this moment, yes, absolutely. Dylan, it's what not a you? cycle. It's not a cycle of coaches. It's one coach that's coming off of a long tenure. But that could be harder. Success. That could be tougher. I I, I would I would agree that it's a better job at this moment. I mean, more talent is coming out of DFW than it is West Texas. It, it's unfortunate to say, but it's the truth. Well, I mean, I will say this: like the most of the team is from the DFW, so like Texas Tech is also fighting for those same right uh, those same recruits. Um, to me. And I said this in pre-pod, it, it, or, it, or in our chat, to me, TCU is absolutely the better job. If it's me, I'm, I'm a Texas Tech alum. I love Texas Tech. If I was a coaching candidate and I had to choose between Tech, as a grown man, I had to choose between Texas Tech and TCU, I would choose TCU. And the main reason is because, you know, we before we even get to the, the elephant in the room that we everybody likes to talk about, is there a facility? There's not a big gap in facilities. I mean, there's an argument. You could argue Texas is better, but TCU is also really nice, really good facilities. They invest in their football program. They don't invest in any other sport, but they invest in football, right? They, their, their facilities are nice. They, they, they have everything that's there. The talent on roster right now is consistently better, right? I, I, we've been talking about this past season, how this is probably the most talented Texas Tech team we've seen since 2016. TCU, the talent they have at TCU is, uh, I mean, that they have this year is is on paper probably about the same. And this is one of the worst, least talented teams they've had in a while, right? You're consistently going to get pretty good talent to come come over to TCU since they've been in the Big 12. And then the elephant in the room is that I I personally would rather live in Fort Worth as a grown man than Lubbock. I love, I will fight to the death that from 18 to 23, Lubbock is one of the best cities to be in. Maybe even like that there is. Like I loved Lubbock when I was there as a, as a Ute, right? But as a grown man, I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather live in DFW. I'd rather live in DFW. It's one of the reasons why Kelvin Sampson out in the University of Houston, he's not going anywhere because he loves Houston, right? Is Texas Tech a better job in, this, in the University of Houston? Yes. Or it has been anyway. But the city of Houston is a better city to live in than Lubbock, Texas. Uh, or a lot of people would feel that way. I don't think I know some West Texans would, would Texans would uh, some West Texans would Texan residents would disagree with that statement. But uh, but me personally, yeah, that's what makes TCU a better job. And I think a lot of people would feel the same way. Listen, Sonny Dyke grew up in West Texas, but he loves Dallas. Why? Because Dallas is a great city. And so it's uh, that's really the difference there. So that's to me, TCU is is the better job. Now that being said, I still disagree that it, it, Lubbock is this podunk town that it's hard to get recruits out to or how to get hard to get recruits to commit there i disagree with that aspect but as a grown person saying hey are you willing to spend move your entire family out there for lord knows how long it's gonna be hard to compete with fort worth or dallas for that i think the best selling point we have right now is the the investment we just made the the new womble for football so yeah it's probably the best thing we have going for us right now as a program Facilities is going to be what's going to help you going forward and, and selling it. But like I said, 
even if you think Tech's facilities are better than TCU, it's really not that big of a gap. Well, right, something we, you, you brought it up, and it's something I was talking to somebody uh, to another person about um, the idea of coming into a program that has not had sustained success in a long time. And I remember I was telling I was telling this person that I think it's a really good job to t- like something that makes tech appealing to coaches who are trying to elevate their resume is if you can come to Texas Tech and win that like the more coaches basically the more coaches that come through this carousel of coaches at Texas Tech and they like cannot sustain winning like it's like a graveyard and to be that coach like there's there is an alluring factor of being that coach that can come into a place like Texas Tech that people have constantly dumped on for a number of different facets um both athletically and otherwise and to have success at a program in place like here that will like your resume will be elevated to a place like it's a rocket ship man um so there it, it but that takes a special kind of coach to see that and have that like risky i bet i can go out there and do that uh so i just think that like there is a there's a coach out there who is wants to risk it and has the like has the accoutrement to like actually coach right and so like that's you know it's there we just have to find it right Oh, there is a coach that's done it before. And they still <laughs> think he can do it again. Bring on the pirate, baby. <laughs> Mike, let me tell you something. Mike Lee came back and made this a winning program again. I you, forget what you said earlier. Build him a statue once <laughs> while oh, he's shit, coaching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the statue needs to be oh, worth man, a, a million dollars. <laughs> 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 oh man, no, it's it's uh, uh if Mike Leach, I will say this. We talk. About, I I just made a, com- a comment about you know coaches and and uh, who loves certain places, et cetera, et cetera. I'm pretty sure Mike Leach still has his house in Lubbock. Like he loved living in Lubbock. Truly did. Truly loved living in Lubbock. Still comes back very frequently. I'm just hey, you know, it's uh, uh the first time three years ago when his name came up, I was like, ah, that's not real. But it came up. It's come up again, and so I'm like, you know what? How real it is would be this? the Bring- biggest unifying thing for Texas Tech <laughs> in its history. Legitimately, oh my god! Wow. You know, if we strike <laughs> out, you know, I, I joke about it, and we're still kind of joking about it. But if we strike out on like our next three candidates, why not? At that point, people are gonna su- suggest we hire hey, listen, the devil. But no, I ain't gonna. Lie. I ain't gonna lie to you. If if Leach is legitimately interested, like seriously interested, and is willing to leave, forget all the other candidates. That's who I F want. F it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like at this point, if no trailer, no dikes, forget all the other candidates. If he's legitimately interested, and it, when we say, hey, we'll give you, you know, four million or however much, I don't even know how much he's making at Mississippi State right now. But if that's if that's real, forget all so the he's rest. Plan C for breaks you. Breaks the curse. He was option C. He's, yeah, I, I wanted, I wanted trailer. I wanted, I wanted. I still want Dyke. Yeah. He's still my number one. Um, Leech or trailer is my number two. But if, if those two strike out, go ahead and bring them home, baby. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, other names that we talked about pre-pod, uh, I've really started to get on the Joe McGuire train. I know that there were some talks that maybe he'd become the DC if we were to get trailer or something like that. Um, but he, look, he's a good, good coach. He was, he went through two rebuilds at Baylor. Um, he knows what success is. He uh, was he, uh, he's the reason Cedar Hill is who they are in in Texas or as far as uh, high school football is concerned. 
I mean, Joe McGuire, to me, becomes the guy, if you ask me. Uh, Kendall Bryles and Jeff Levy are two names we're going to start to hear. And I think they're, we're not going to talk about Kendall's dad because that's just, it's not realistic. Honestly, it's it's truly, it's not going to happen. I'm still very confident in that. Uh, But I do think that Kendall and and Jeff Levy, who Kendall Bryles is his son, Jeff Levy's his son-in-law, were all at Baylor during that time. Those are two names that I, I legitimately think are names we're going to start to hear. And I think they're, I, I don't think it's impossible either one of those two get, guys get hired. Actually, I think it's the more names we strike out on, it's more becomes more and more likely. Um, so those, those are definitely possible. Uh, any other names that y'all can think of? Those are realistic scenarios, but, uh, oh man, I, I know, I think Jeremy mentioned Billy Napier once upon a time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's looking like a potentially realistic option. No, that's yeah. No, no, that's uh, that's real. That's real. Um, what about uh, yeah, man, I love they'll love them raging Cajuns. Um, there was a spark that was immediately just like Dana Holgerson. What's up with that? So it's funny you say that. Uh, Please enlighten us with I, you your know, wisdom. Well, I haven't heard anything recently, but when the job first came available, I did. There was a bug that said that he may still be interested. Uh, again, a lot of people say why, and I, and I completely understand. I don't. I don't see why he'd be interested, to be honest. Uh, or re, like, I don't see why a he, coach of the Houston Cougars that are about to go into the Big Twelve would be interested. But I do see why Dana would be. Again, similar to Sonny Dykes, a lot of emotional attachment there. Uh, coach in West Texas loves West Texas wanted the job when he was at West Virginia, right? Like dream job scenario. Um, so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but, it, but again, it comes to like, if you're the coach of the Houston Cougars that are about to be in the big 12 here in about a year or two, why would you do it? Right. And you're, ha- you're sitting seven to one. You're first in the AC. I mean, it, it's rolling for wonder, him in Houston. I wonder who that one is. <laughs> 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 it's the worst one they could probably have. <laughs> Well, I'd rather have uh, I'd rather call Bob Stoops than hire Dana Holgerson. You know, just, so Bob Stoops just is a give great him a name. Call. See what see what's up. So, I had I had heard a rumor three years ago that Bob Stoops was interested in the Texas Tech job, or I won't say interested, but was willing to take the call on the Texas Tech job. That's a rumor that I'd heard. I didn't really pry too much into it, uh, but today actually that rumor reared its ugly head again, and so um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not dropping anything. I'm just saying, you know, some of the, um, yeah, uh, uh, just saying some of the things that I've seen on on what, or what I've been told and things of that nature. So it'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting to see if Bob Sue's be willing to do it. I'm again. He's another name that I'd be I'd be uh, all for if it's legitimate. I still don't know how legitimate it is, but I'd be all for it. Uh, but guys, there was a football game on Saturday. Ah. Um, as we are now, <laughs> what almost 20 minutes into the podcast, and I haven't even mentioned it. Uh, we, I mean, it's it's what it's what people come here for. We got to talk about it. Uh, Texas Tech got blown out once again to the Oklahoma Sooners, but this time well, it's not that surprising, right? They lost by thirty-one. Shout out to them for not getting having the biggest blood of the year, I guess. Uh, what did you think about Sonny or head coach Sonny Cumbie in his first game as the interim head coach? So I, I I think I and a lot of people expected game plan aggressiveness to look a lot different just I, I think people expected it to look a lot different but it felt very similar style of play now there certainly weren't um 
I, I can't really say that it was such a long game for so many reasons, but it felt like, you know, if not that we went out there with like this, we have nothing to lose. Let's just throw it deep, throw it deep, throw it deep. And we had some really good passes throughout the game. Uh, but the game plan, I just don't feel like it was inspired for sure in the way that I think we were trying to be led towards like, okay, you know, we're transitioning to Sunny Dykes in a room, Sunny Dykes, big Texas Tech guy, Sunny Dykes, Sunny Cumbie, um, big Texas Tech guy here to win it. Maybe we'll pull the off the upset. Uh, there's a reason that Oklahoma is number four. Uh, there's a reason they're nine and zero, and there's multiple games in there that they should have lost, but they didn't because they're a good team led by a good coach. Um, we had no business. We did. We weren't even in this game, right? So getting a touchdown in the first, third, and fourth quarters uh, makes the stat like makes you know, twenty one points, I guess. But it was really hard earned, um, especially when OU doubled that literally, <laughs> like every quarter doubled our doubled our output there. So I mean, you know, it's for for Combi. I'm glad that he st- stood in there and just we played the whole game, I guess. But you know, we, we this this back half of the schedule for Texas Tech is tough, and uh, it's not easy for Cumby. I'm not going to hold it against him, but certainly, I think you take this game and go, okay, what what we have going forward, we can kind of we should just play around with some other things. Like we should play around with who's at quarterback. We should play around with kind of like the defensive structure we're doing here. Something right because you got nothing to lose. I mean, nobody's expecting you to get bowl eligibility, even though you're one away. You got nothing to lose. I, I think it's shame on shame on us for like getting our hopes up in this game, right? Like, who who are we thinking? We haven't beat Oklahoma in so long. Like, why why did we try and get up for this game as fans? You know, um, uh, that the outrage after this game is kind of silly. I mean, it's Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, and and we have a brand new coach. Like, what were you expecting? I, I guess we were expecting us to cover, which we were wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't read a lot into it. I think, yeah, maybe it is time to evaluate what you have at quarterback other elsewhere from Henry Columbia. I hope he's healthy though. I, I haven't really looked into that. Um, well, I was about to ask, I was about to ask if you think he is still hurt. Cause I wasn't sure he did get hurt. And that's why Donovan Smith came in for the rest of the game. Uh, but I was curious if if we won in the position we are in, if Donovan Smith would have stayed for the rest of the game. Like I, I, you know, I was really curious if it was one of those situations where if Kendrick Columbia is truly injured, or if it was a, you know, this is a great time for us to see how Donovan Smith looks and keep I him in the rest of the game. I think it was probably a little bit of both. You know, like they were thinking about <laughs> yeah. it already. I'm sure. You know, they were probably thinking about it going into the week. Um, well, I bet what they're really thinking about doing was waiting until after Oklahoma having a bye week and giving him two weeks to prepare as the starter, which I think he'll probably have going forward. So what do y'all think about Donovan Smith? He came in. So basically Donovan Smith uh, came in, what, in the second quarter uh, and played. I think, he, well, I'll say this. I think he played pretty well, pretty, played pretty uh, efficient, uh, 17 for 22 on the day. Liked what I saw. We saw some some quarterback runs. So even when the the when the uh, pocket broke down, he was able to do some things. And that touchdown pass, not too shabby, not too I mean, shabby. That play and JJ pass. Sparkman did a lot of the work there, right? He did. No, absolutely, he did. <laughs> yeah, but Sparkman. I'll, I'll say this: Donovan Smith. I, I can't be too mad at it. I thought he played well. Jeremy, what did you think about Donovan Smith's play? Uh, serviceable uh, is the worst thing we could say about it. I think he came in and played really well. Um, outside of that one interception, um, which was, you know, a, a 
eh, you know, a little bit of here, a little bit there. It was an interception at the end of the day. I think he played really well. The game showed really good game sense. Norman is a tough place to play, especially you're playing top four team in the country, and he steps in there, uh, has confidence, runs the playbook, has good passes, has good awareness, doesn't like commit very selfish mistakes or anything like that you know I, I think when you're stepping into a situation where the backup is now and now you're getting a chance to come in and be like maybe i can be you know qb1 going forward i gotta i gotta come out here and shine i, I feel like a lot of quarterbacks get in that situation and then try to play too much uh put too much into it and then make silly mistakes i don't think donovan smith showed any of that so I'm very comfortable with him under center. I am like, you know what? If Columbia is hurt and, or if, you know he's just out of form, he certainly didn't look that great early on. Why not? Why not put Donovan Smith in? Like Dylan said, we got a bye week coming up. It'd be a great opportunity to get him a lot of extra reps with team one, like uh, first team. And then to go into that next game with a little bit more in his arsenal, so to speak. Yeah. But don't I forget mean- who's coming back. Uh, Tyler Shuck is potentially supposed to be coming back out for the bye week. So that's, we're, we're back, right? Quarterback competition is back once again. Um, between At least between those three, you know, another name, I, people are going to keep saying it, is Baron Morton. I, I to, to, to be honest, if I'm speaking candidly from me, I don't need to see Baron Morton. He's, he's an 18-year-old kid. Uh, let's, like, we, he doesn't have to play. People, we have three. The coaching staff has felt pretty well about the three quarterbacks ahead of him, um, and they're ahead of him for a reason. And I think all three of them have looked good throughout the season. I, I don't think quarterbacks are a problem. It, depending on, I mean, what, what I I don't know what people expect Baron Morton to to be like, but yeah, um, they're just looking for the savior. I guess so. But our quarterbacks haven't really been been the issue. I, I, was, I was, yeah, Henry Cumbie played pretty bad last week or against Kansas State. Outside of that bad performance against from Henry Columbia. We really haven't seen too bad of a quarterback play this year. So I, I'm okay with not seeing Baron Morton. But I do I do find it interesting with Chuck potentially coming back. I don't know how, how hurt Columbia is, but let's say if he's healthy and we have Smith, I don't know who starts next Shuck. game. It'll be interesting. Is it yeah. Chuck off top? No no question? Yeah. You don't want to see Donovan Smith? No, it's not that I don't want to. It's Sonny Cumbie's auditioning for the job. He's going to play the best quarterback that gives him a chance to win. He's trying to get ball eligibility. He's trying to give us something. That's actually funny enough. Cumby is one name we did not talk about when we were talking about potential coaches. <laughs> there's, there's a shot. We keep we're striking out on some play, people. There's a shot there. Um, I actually think it's going to be Donovan Smith. I think Donovan Smith is going to be the starter when we play uh, here in a couple weeks against uh, was that Iowa State. Even match. if Shuck is healthy? Uh, I, I think Shuck remains hurt in two weeks. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I know people didn't see me, but I put up uh, air quotes. I think Shuck remains hurt in two weeks, and Donovan Smith gets to start. What do you think, Jeremy? Why do you, well, why do you why do you think? I think they I think they system? I think they continually look and find some, a different spark. I mean, another thing is that Tyler Shuck hasn't played in a long time, and he's coming off a collarbone injury. That is a tough thing to play with. I think Donovan Smith, the way he played against Oklahoma, it was very similar, in my opinion, to how Columbia played against Texas when we were being blown out. Right? Columbia Columbia had those three touchdowns against Texas. He gave us something going for in the second half. And that's how I felt about Donovan Smith. He gave us something. And I think he gives us a pretty decent shot at putting up competition against Iowa State in a couple weeks. Through Tyler Shuck, we haven't seen him since the FIU game or since the Texas game. Like that's been it's been a long time since the Texas game. I just I think for the coaching staff, you go with a little bit of a more a proven commodity or what we've recently seen 
give him two weeks to 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 be ready and have Shaq and Columbia quote unquote hurt. Yeah, I think that's yes, very good, very smart idea, Albie. Um, I just it's it's fascinating to me that we haven't heard anything really at least mainstream about kind of Shuck's rehab process with his injury or anything like that. I don't know if you guys have more insight on that, but uh, it's just kind of remained in the side because there's so much going on right between, you know, Columbia and Smith. I think people are just like, okay, Shuck's hurt. I don't know when he's coming back. Even, even, you know, nobody's like concerned about it. Right. And especially with the way, like we talked about Smith stepped into the OU game and played with some swagger and some confidence and had a serviceable game. Yeah, I'd love to see. For me personally, yes, absolutely. He's got the hot hand. He finished the game strong. Put him in with uh, first team. Let's see how he does with full preparation and all of that. And honestly, he may be a really good fit. Like uh, He may be a really good fit for to get us one more win on this schedule. Uh, so why not? Yeah, for me, don't put Morton in. I don't know why people are just uh, tech fans, man. Y'all wear me out sometimes. Uh, it's <laughs> For so many reasons, don't put him in yet. Uh, if Shuck's back, yeah, collarbone injuries are nuts. It's nuts. It's been a while. Can't speak on his physicality or like the rehab process or anything like that. Feels like a lot to jump into um, just to go back. Okay, I'm QB1 again. Like, yeah, he's, he hasn't thrown the ball like that in a while. No. So I think all roads point to Donovan Smith going forward. And then if he's garbage, we'll figure it out then. You know, there's like <laughs> nothing else? to lose at this point in the yeah, season. What else we got to lose? So uh, let's talk about some other offensive players that play decently in this game. Uh, really not much to talk on, but Eric Izukama, he's back. He's back, played a really good game, really good. Dude, that that one touchdown he had uh, in the first quarter where he just mossed two Oklahoma def- DBs. Oh boy. That play. That boy easy is bad. Henry Columbia knew exactly who, where he was going as soon as he, like that was a one read and that read was double coverage. I don't care. <laughs> F it. Ezukama's out there somewhere. Yeah. He's got <laughs> it. That's the play. That's the play. Yeah. Oh man, he played great. Um uh, JJ Sparkman had that great catch. He also had a really uh, uh, like literally the play before. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, Smith got his hand hit. But the ball was wobbly, but it also literally hit Sparkman in the hand, uh, and he dropped it. He kind of had up and down. His game, touchdown. Outside of his, his com- touchdown was on. Go you got Moss this morning, though. Oh, yeah, was, it was it? JJ Sparkman's. Yep. Nice, nice. Um, so, hey, so that, outside of that, not really much to talk on. We didn't. It's funny enough. We were talking in the preview pod about how Cumby managed to go out there and chuck it. 40 times? Well, he chucked it 34 times. And uh, <laughs> uh, not a lot of running in this game. Uh, Sir Roger Thompson and Todd Brooks combined for 11 carries. Xavier White got 10 carries in this game for some weird reason. Um, so not a lot of, not really a lot to talk about in the run game. Wasn't Oklahoma defense played pretty well, stuff in the run. And Sonny Combi also didn't give him much to, to really worry about it from that aspect. Yeah, I don't think that, I think that's a major difference between Cumbie and Wells is that when Cumbie saw it wasn't working, he didn't try to force the issue, which for me, I think with the run game, that's something you have to do. You have to be like willing to just continue to go after it because you're going to wear down that defense. Uh, and especially if you just decide to abandon the run, then they don't really have to worry about, okay, they're probably not going to run back the like back our DBs up and let's try to get some turnovers or something here. Um, we'll have a little bit more uh, room, wiggle room yeah, that way. Well, but yeah, kind of a, kind of a bummer. When you're down, you know, 
what were we down for? 28 to 0 at half? 10, you, 27. 27. Come on now. You, uh, 27. Easy. You, you can, oh, okay, that's right. 27. <laughs> uh, but it, either way, like you, you kind of lose your your ability to establish the run at that point. That's sure. That's a very good point. So let's switch over to the other side of the ball. Uh, the defense did give up 52 points, and they did give up two scores every quarter. Um, is there any positives to come out from that? I, actually, my positive is, oddly enough, not the worst performance of the year. <laughs> That's good. I don't, I don't know how else to say. I will say this. In the preview pod, and it's my, it's my bad. In the preview pod, I said the Texas Tech should test Caleb Williams and, how, and the Oklahoma passing game. My bad. <laughs> my bad, because they tested it. Sonny Kobe listen to the pod. Alvin? How many yards <laughs> did Caleb put up? Let's oh just look at goodness. that. Jeez. Caleb Williams, 402 yards, six touchdowns. They tested it. They said, ah, oh. Sonny Kobe listens to the pod, obviously, and was like, you know what, Albie, you are right. Let's test them. Let's go out for the run, because the run defense is pretty good. Kennedy Brooks did not have a good game in this one. But they, they sold out for the run. And got burnt. The secondary looked like the old tech secondary of the past. Worst game of the season for the secondary for sure. Um, yeah. I you know what? I take that. That's my that's my bad, everybody. That's my bad. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> this was uh oh this is the first time you just saw our defense look out, man. You know, just just totally they, they you, you know, usually there's some like redeeming points for this defense. Oh, you know, maybe we stopped the run or no, they, they, they weren't able to do much of anything in this one. No, it's, it's always bad when your three leading tacklers are three DBs. That does not give you uh, good news whatsoever. And yeah, this was uh, nobody played well in the secondary in this game. Demarcus Fields got got ran on. Asian Taylor Demerson got ran on. Rashad Williams got ran on. It was nobody played in the secondary played well in this game. Um, it was bad. Who was on the right side, number eight? I can't remember his name, but they they tested him a lot. Why Malik Dunlap? They tested him a lot, and uh, he did not uh, meet the test. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it was it was pretty pretty disappointing. But I mean, again, you're dealing with the mind of Lincoln Riley. You're dealing with the talent of Caleb Williams. Um, we were hoping that they would stay conservative, like they did against Kansas, and they would, you know, try to try to run the ball a little bit more. And and that was that was a reason for it. But no, Caleb Williams, his confidence is back, baby. And even Spencer Rattler came in on one drive and drove him all the way home. And and uh, his teammates loved it. So. Can you come up with the defensive player of the game in this one, Dylan? Mm, uh, DeAndre and Taylor Demerson had a, a pretty nasty hit. That's the only thing I can think of. So <laughs> That's what gets him player yep. of the game. He had one good tackle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sheesh. Jeremy, do you have a player of the game? No. <laughs> I, I don't, man. I just don't. Like, uh, Even the Texas some... game, you had a player of the game on defense. There were some... on, I had a lot more. I had a lot more hope when we were lost to Texas. <laughs> there was only one loss on the season. Um, we're about to be 500 uh, and way under that in conference. No, I think that there was a lot of moments throughout the game where people had good plays. I think there were a lot of good tackles across the board. Um, but that was always matched with getting burnt. And so I think if you're going to get burnt, it's just, no, not for me. 
Uh, Rico was okay. Rico played decently. You know, he was he was there. Uh, Tyree Wilson got a sack, so shout out to him. Shout out to Tyree uh, Wilson. Stepping up. Yeah. The, the one time we got pressure in the backfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so offense. Who's your player? Well, I guess for offense, is it Eric Azucama for yeah. all of us? That's mm-hmm. it's nobody it else. It's I'll say be. this. Donovan Smith played well enough to where he is my number two in that one. I think he, he played a pretty decent game, but the only one who played a good game on both sides of the ball, like Eric Ezukanma. Uh, this sounds like the SFA recap all over again, uh, but that's it is what it is. So, oh, man, what a week in the Big 12. Um, games happened. Oklahoma State beat the hell out of Kansas. Uh, Baylor come from behind victory against Texas because Texas can't hold a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, West Virginia beat Iowa State at home. That was pretty impressive. And then Kansas State was the Grim Reaper once again, and they were the one that had uh, Gary Patterson going outside. And every week I see TCU, and I'm like, how the hell did Texas Tech let this team r- mollywop them uh, at home? Pretty embarrassing. Any any highlights from the weekend that you want to that uh, you want to highlight? Uh, well, I I almost want to go back to the the Texas Tech game because we failed to talk about one thing. I brought it up in the very beginning of the podcast, but the halftime situation. Oh, my goodness. The fact that we couldn't score going into half, and Jonathan Garibay oh was running God. out, throwing his helmet yeah. on. Oh, my God. Wow, I forgot I blacked out. Oh, why out. would you bring that we, up? We had, we had <laughs> I forgot. I totally I forgot. Mean, <laughs> what the hell was that game management? Uh, what was yeah. that? Oh, why, you, wow. You that have was, to why would you run into out the you? back of the end zone. You know, that's the only place to throw yeah. that ball. I think ah, pass wor- in the middle. <laughs> I think that's what's worse about all that. What's worse about all that? There was a timeout right before that third down. So like that's not even like I, I understand Donovan Smith's a retro freshman. He's young. All that other stuff. There was a timeout right before you go through every scenario with your with because at that point once you throw the ball in the middle of the field, forget the field goal. Just you do another play. I mean you you don't have time to get a field goal unit out there at that point. You talk to your guy and you say, look. No matter what, you don't take a sack. You don't throw the ball in the middle of the field. All receivers run out of bounds, and that's it. Hell, we Tech would have been better off dropping the dropping the pass. Don't complete it. I, I can't remember who the receiver was that caught it, but don't uh, complete it. Like you this. can't blame it on the receiver. Oh, Ball's coming your way, you know? I, I get that, but it's just, whoo, buddy. That is, oh, my God. I, I'll say this. <laughs> and the kicker wasn't even out there, man. I'll say We're this. all waiting, and he's right on the field. Awesome. Remember, Matt Wells had the same situation happen to him at the end of the West Virginia first half. He was able to get his guys out there. I told him, I was at the West Virginia game. I saw he had his kicker, his holder, and his uh, uh, long snapper beside him, ready to go in the second that third down was done for them to go out there and kick the field goal. They were ready. Uh, they were we missed Matt Wells. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> no, we do <laughs> I got to lounging around his seven million dollars uh, that he received from his buyout. Um, but uh, yeah, Ooh, but you had to bring up sore, sore wounds there. Um, so we have ran pretty. I mean, you know, nice, nice, lengthy pot here, guys. So uh, that's all we got. Dylan, anything else you want to say to the people? Um, leave us a review on uh, good old Apple Podcasts. It's we, we could use some updated reviews from the actual tortillas and takes days. I think most of them are probably from the formerly known as Air Raid Podcast days. So if you're listening on Apple, leave us a review. Smash that subscribe button. Let's uh, we'll, we'll get through these next couple weeks together. 
basketball pods coming there up we next go. week during bye week. That's true. That's true. Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? Three games left. One game to bowl eligibility. If West Virginia can beat Iowa State, maybe we can too. It's true. That's true. Speaking of Iowa State, a little preview to what I'm going to say in, a, in here in about a week and a half. Um, Texas Tech will be coming off a bye week with a potentially a new quarterback. Iowa State is in the ultimate trap game week before Oklahoma. We're at home. I am just throwing it out there. I know we do not have good success against Iowa State, but there's a shot. There's a chance there. I'm just I'm just saying that. Um, like Dylan said, basketball week is here. We are going to be doing ba- – we're going to have a pod every day this week. This is this pod is coming out Monday. Uh, we're going to have a pod every day this week. Basketball, we're going to have a primetime guest to talk about the Big 12 conference. We're also going to have Tease a the guest, Shahan, to- CBS Sports. Big deal. Uh, okay, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Shahan, Shahan J. Major network people. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We, we tease from, about friends of the pod, but an actual friend of the pod. Yeah. Hey, from from here it's possible because <laughs> after our pod, he was on it for the football preview. He got promoted to CBS Sports. I'm gonna just throw that out. If you want to get promoted up in sports media, come on to the Tortillas yes. and Takes podcast and show your grit. That's right. That's right. We'll get you there. Um, so we we have him coming on. We're gonna have also have an episode dedicated to uh, the women's team, the women's basketball team, they're they're in due for a pretty big year considering everything that happened last year. Um, and then, of course, the men's team, pretty big year for them considering everything that happened la- this offseason. So um, for Dylan, our producer extraordinaire, for Jeremy, this is Albie. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people.